Good morning and welcome to this week's breakfast podcast. I am back. It's been ages since we have posted together, Kirsty. <laughs> Mostly my fault as I've been playing host to friends and family over in South Africa. So I, uh, ah. they've been making the most of summer. I've been touring the country and sneaking a few days of leave into the first quarter of the year, which is unusual, but very, very nice. How, um, how have you been getting on? Have you missed me? That's what I want to know. I most, have most really missed you. Yeah, it's very lonely <laughs> doing a podcast on your own. Having said that, Olivia stepped up beautifully. She was amazing. Um, I was going to say, you've had, Liv, you've had Paul, you've had yes. interviews. Yes, you know, right. it sounds yeah. like you barely missed me. Oh, They've actually did message I'm, I'm... me, telling me off. <laughs> did you made me do that, is what she said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say she was forced into it, but, you know, mm. <laughs> arms and backs were involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just coerced, I think, is the right word. But it's good to be back. Um, we've had a whole raft of really exciting interviews, huge amount of news to cover. I'm not even going to touch on um, all of the stuff that's coming in the future with, you know, new tax year coming, new financial year coming, new rules, new regulations, corporation tax, etc. I'm sure you've covered that. I'm sure it's covered. Mm-hmm. If not, and coming up, budget will be covered. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and, you know, that's part of my fun story today. So we'll touch on that at the end. But let's get straight into the news, Kirsty. And um, this first one is, um, yeah, this is quite an interesting one. We're going to go into the world of fashion to begin with. Um, in some capacity, lightly into fashion, mostly into business, but over to you. Well, I picked this one because it's actually footwear within the fashion industry, because I have a 19-year-old son who I could not believe he started doing this a few years ago. You'll probably know all about this, Alex, but you have to enter a raffle to even mm. get the permission to purchase the latest Nike trainers. And that, for me, was just like, how on earth have we reached this stage and and he was so excited and he got into this raffle and oh now he's got the permission to spend 90 pounds 250 quid (laughs) (laughs) oh lucky you um so 90 quid what he told you i think you should go check no it it was that was yeah and it wasn't really one of the top end ones um but it's just the demand is Mm. still there for some really high-end you know parts of, of our fashion world and in you know I, I just focused in on this article was from uh, in drapers online and I love covering different sectors and shining a light on different sectors and and there are some winners and losers still out there you know so mm-hmm. it's it's positive I suppose that there are still some businesses that are doing really well some of them are national businesses some international but some are quite niche and local um, and, you know, I really love that. I love that there's still some positive stories out there. It gives <clears throat> yeah. everybody hope, doesn't it? Um, that, yeah. the, that it's still possible. And whether it's because of your brand strength or, you know, your social media or whatever you've managed to to do to, to keep those businesses going. Um, I'm really, you know, really pleased to see it. So <laughs> I, I bet you're into your trainers, aren't you? Because you're really sporty. Yeah. So. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I like shoes full stop. Unfortunately, I've got three or four different pairs running shoes but that's to stop from you know one pair getting worn down very quick but I did pick up something in this article that that was quite interesting it talked about um you know JD Sports reporting from last year that 54% of the 4.4 billion pounds of revenue it made up until 30th of July 22 um was from was from shoes which is a staggering amount it kind of comes back to what you were saying and um you know it is interesting there's a supply chain section in um in that article and yep. you know I was I was walking with my parents this morning and my dad was talking to me about his fancy new walking shoes that he was wearing which looked like a pair of clogs in my opinion <laughs> but he was saying that he had to go for these ones because at our local camping shop 
there was a shortage on and there still is a massive backlog in production apparently yeah. of hiking shoes as with everything because of the uh, metal eyelets and the laces coming from china right yeah. so been a massive impact on the industry and i think like you said they've been winners and losers i think mm-hmm. one of the things that i just really hope and and we see it i think we probably see it more in south africa than i've ever been aware of it happening in the uk and i would imagine it is happening in the uk i'm just not there to to witness it but you know i think we spoke one of the early podcasts about this drive during the pandemic about this local is lacquer idea of you know yep. support local go and buy local brands go and buy local you know whatever it might be food shops restaurants shoes etc and i actually think in many ways this you know chinese backlog and the kind of supply chain issues i hope it becomes a good thing and that the scarcity of international supply actually mm. pushes us into a more domestic market mm. you know which increases the demand for uk or south african owned brands and mm. um, you know brands that are fledgling brands that what we see at the moment with most of these are driving sustainability at the heart and i I hope i hope that that is a a flywheel that keeps spinning and as the world opens up again and you know supply chain issues become less it doesn't revert back to type well considering you've raised that i'm now going to jump to story number three to throw you (laughs) and we will come back to story number two because it links perfectly Um, Mm. my third story now my second story uh, was going to be actually um, a, a regional story, which again, I love, uh, you know, highlighting different regions. And this one was in the magazine, the business magazine called Insider Media, the Northwest edition. And it was about a, a bicycle manufacturer in the Lake District uh, who are, well, they're not, my, not a manufacturer of bicycles, sorry. They manufacture a component for bicycles. Um, and it's very much talking about the um, you know the new generation of business owners who are being so innovative uh, in manufacturing in niche areas of manufacturing with local brands as you said fledgling businesses this is a, a Kendall based business called Ratio Technology established um, in 2018 by two engineers mm. and cycling enthusiasts so I guess they've moved into their dream business oh, I'm 100%. not sure yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how they're coping with being business owners now maybe that's a bit of a shock to them but that you know they must be doing really well they um are working on a patent pending new bicycle technology which is going to mean they've got to drastically expand their manufacturing and sales capabilities and they um started off looked through um, a a, a scheme by Make UK called Made Smarter, which is it was an initiative which is, I think, currently currently still only in a couple of regions, but I think it's going to be rolled out nationally. I think that was announced uh, uh, at the last autumn statement, Jeremy Hunt's first time at the dispatch box. And um, what that allowed them to do, they said, was really fast forward their innovation and their investments to um, to get there much, much faster, like three times faster than they thought they were going to do without that grant. So that's amazing. And now with that, they've now had um, um, other investments and they are looking, you know, they've got R&D funding. And, you know, all of this innovative stuff is happening. And the reason I'm touching on it is that I was at um, the Institute of Chartered Accountants event last week uh, for the Corporate Finance Faculty anniversary, which I'm a member of, 25 years of the CF faculty. And I've been there since the Mm -hmm. beginning. Um, And um, one of the speakers was John Flint, who is the um, chief executive of the new ish it's been around about a year or so national infrastructure bank in the uk and this is working on like massive projects for uh leveling up and also getting to net zero those are their two 
primary aims. And it was fascinating to listen to, you know, all this innovation that's happening in, in hugely important areas in our mm. world, like climate change and so on. But also the fact that, you know, it's happening in a very small way as well on the ground in our local communities. And I just think that's brilliant. And I would just, you know, for accountants listening, please do go and find these businesses in your local area, support them, help them get going. If they've got that capability and enthusiasm and ambition, then, you know, you can upskill them even more in the other areas of running a business. So um, I just love stories like this. Um, they're also now going to try and get um, certified B Corp status, which is this new-ish again um certification for showing that they're sustainable um for manufacturing and shipping and so on so yeah just love it i, I just get really excited about business and things like this um but it led, led on perfectly from your first comment thank <laughs> yeah, you i was gonna say i don't think i need to add anything to that other than <laughs> it is refreshing to see businesses like this come through and it's refreshing to see people follow their passion and, and do something that they love right if they are able to meld their skill set and their um their hobby or their interest together then you know have at it um that's all i have to say on that one i think you covered it quite extensively Kirsty. so let's go back to article two there's now article three <laughs> <laughs> we will reorder them in the, in the show notes um so this was actually um a tweet from the small business commissioner in the uk so the small business commissioner in the uk is there to um encourage strongly encourage but they don't have any mm. legal powers to encourage large businesses to pay small companies that are in their supply chain quicker um preferably within 30 days so that's what the Small Business Commission is set up for. So it's not all business areas. It's specifically around that credit control piece. And um, this is a tweet from the Small Business Commissioner about the Zero uh, Report, which has been around for a while, um, but um, it used to be quarterly, and I think it's now monthly. And this the Zero stats are showing a massive jump in the amount of the average time that it's taking for businesses to be paid. So the uh, report tracks four different areas in business from the mm. zero platform, one of them being data days. And uh, they're saying that um, it's gone up uh, to the highest level since August 21. Um, it's 8.4 days beyond terms which they're saying uh, the Small Business Commissioner could be ruinous for small firms. But it's not actually about that I wanted to, to talk about. What I wanted to talk about is, haven't Zero done well to have the Small Business <laughs> Commissioner quoting them? Because obviously there's obvious, all this ONS data, all these official stats out there, um, but they very much have a time lag. And they're also focusing on you know, the macro, the larger corporates, and we don't necessarily get from those what's happening in the micro and small business mm, world. Yeah. And the zero yeah. stats are much more relevant to micro and small business, and they are much more timely. Uh, so I just think, you know, well done on zero for, for obviously getting past some due diligence, I hope, the Small Business Commissioner did first. There's some credibility to the report now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. there is. But I think so, it, it, it's... Um, and it's a great read, by the way, the report. is a fantastic read. So yeah, it's worth just clicking on it and downloading it. And we lifted some data from that report for some content that we pushed out in, in February around... Uh, the direct impact on the construction industry, as an example, you know, the construction yep. industry impacted one of the worst 27% rise in the delay, um, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, 
good to get that out good to publicize it i think um you know it's a lesson that we all learn in different ways around the impact of late payments not just on businesses that are not getting paid on time and the impact on their cash flow the ability for them to pay their suppliers and the domino effect of what happens there but also you know for businesses that are paying late increasingly as we look at the impact of credit and the importance of credit in getting better supply terms for yourself in in you know potentially raising capital or extending overdrafts etc the impact for you as a business on paying people late can also mm. be drastic because yeah. you know when that gets reported back into the bureaus when you know trade industries go back and say that this person hasn't paid on time or they're regularly yeah. late that black mark that gets put against a business's name is very very damaging and it sticks around for a very long time it doesn't just disappear in three or four or five months it's 12 months it's 18 months you know it's it, it can have a very lasting damage on a business and so raising the profile of the impact that this has um, is really good and it's fantastic to see you know those type of microphones amplifying that voice so well mm-hmm. done zero for, for another great report i think yeah i mean uh you're gonna be hearing quite a lot more about this report i think in the capitalized content going forward um paul has picked up on it absolutely loves it because he loves data and graphs mm-hmm. doesn't he our ceo yeah. and uh, he's presenting on part of this for our conference next week so if you come into my national conference don't and my member firms <laughs> out there don't read the report before you come because paul yeah. will have nothing left to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> well Kirsty, um it's been great to be back i did again i'm going to keep my new year's resolution going I did promise I would always have a fun story. So again, I'm back with a fun story this week. Maybe not fun this time round, but it's a story and it's a um, you know a rather peculiar pre-budget video, <laughs> Formula One themed video from Jeremy Hunt, um, which is linked in the comments. So go and have a watch if you haven't seen it on Twitter. Bizarre. I don't know how I feel about it. It is bizarre, <laughs> but I think it shines a good light on how we're a market leader in the racing world. Yes. I just always think it's a little bit funny to hear politicians, A, piggyback on consumer trends like the growing support for F1, and B, how they then try and jam in their messaging onto these yes. themes and, and use racing terms like... Our economy is going through a tight bend right now. Um, so I enjoyed that. It's so that. corny, isn't it? But, um, but they're doing it yeah. more than ever. More than ever. The, try, the politician, yeah. you know, Rishi, it's Rishi's world, this, I think, isn't it? He started yeah. it when he was Chancellor. And now Jeremy has obviously got the same PR company. Yeah. But look, I think, you know, we'll give him a lot of stick. We'll laugh or joke about it. But actually, <laughs> it is creative. It is a good bit of fun. It does present some really nice points. And it's very, very accessible. So I, I'm all for it. The more of it, the merrier. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And and do you think he's really just trying to get in on the Netflix series? You know, the next... <laughs> I think he's just... Yeah, when's, uh, when's Silverstone? I think that's what we've got to check next. You know, Rishi's flying his private helicopter. I think Jeremy Hunt's just trying to get in on, uh, on some Silverstone seats. But um, for those of you that are new to capitalise, here is a reminder of who we are and what we do. Very simply, our vision is to give small businesses and their advisors transparency and control over business finance. We want every small business to be able to identify risks they might face, explore how they stand from a credit perspective, and choose the right funding that fits their business. If you're a regular podcast listener, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you haven't already, what have you been doing? I say this almost every week. If you're new to the pod, please make sure you subscribe so you get all of our future episodes and interviews, and do go back and check the backlog. There's some really cool stuff in there as well. Next Friday, we've got a AI-themed podcast that's coming out. I'm not going to release any more details on that. It's not from, Jack, uh, what is it, Chat GP? Is that the one? What's the AI one? Yeah, GPT, I think it's Chat, that's the one. Chat, Chat GPT. GPT. And it's me getting old there. Kirsty's correcting me <laughs> on this one. Um, it's not from those guys, unfortunately, but I think there's a similar theme. So do tune in next week. Um, and as I said, take a moment to go back through our catalogue. For more information about us as a whole, please go to www.capitalize.com or reach out to Kirsty and I on LinkedIn or via email. We're always happy and willing to talk.
Kirsty, it's been a pleasure being back. I'll see you again in a fortnight. I'll see you then.